Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. My name is Josh, and uh, I am really excited to share with you a word that God has laid on my heart. And uh, I talked about this last service, but I'm going to bring it up again. Something that Kelly said, and she said it a little different this time. And, and that's, but it hit the same chord in my heart, which was amazing. Um, she talked about being anxious when not in control. And that really spoke to me. You know, and, and that's what I want to talk about today is, is really we are used by God to speak into each other's lives. Amen? All right? And it's not just me. It's not just Nate. It's not just AJ. Devin, I can go on the list. You are used to speak into others' lives. God wants to use you. And so I want to talk about that today. And this really, this message or this word came from a conversation my, my wife, Raketa, and I were having. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and be a little vulnerable up here. Uh, she, she called me out on, on something that I am very, very, very guilty of. And it's called being the flipper. All right? And no, I'm not talking about a dolphin, uh, although he is faster than lightning. Uh, I'm talking about the, the way that I watch TV and now uh, YouTube and, and whatever entertainment that I have in front of me. I'm that guy that nobody likes because I'll sit there and watch the show for about 90 seconds. And then I'll flip it to the next one. 90 seconds and then flip it. And I'll do this not once, not twice, but 20 times. And my wife, Raketa, gets so frustrated with me. She says, would you just stick with one thing and watch it, please? But that's just not, I, I get bored. I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I really, may, maybe I should see, seek professional help. I don't know. <laughs> um, but this is only exacerbated by, now we have what? We have YouTube shorts. Man, it's like 30 seconds of, to 60 seconds of, of history, of, of God's word, of, of, of encouragement. And I just love it. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that was good. Francis Chan. Oh, yeah, Mike Winger. Oh, yeah, I love that. The Remnant Radio. Oh. And so... <laughs> It's exacerbated this problem. And so we were discussing that and how I'm going to work on that. And she's come up with a game plan for me. And uh, I've, got a, I've got a group I'm going to attend on Monday nights. <laughs> but the opposite of the flipper is the TV guider. And that's, that's really who, what I want to focus on today. Is, and you'll, you'll believe me, you'll understand. I promise this is going somewhere. It's not just to make you laugh. But if you, maybe some of you are too young in here to remember, but me, when I was growing up, my grandmother had this magazine that sat right on the coffee table. It was called the TV Guide. And that TV Guide was, and, and if you want, if you had a large family and you only had one TV, you better be looking through that TV Guide to see what it is you want to watch. And you better be very convincing. Otherwise, you're going to watch like The Price is Right over and over and over and over again. But, uh, you know, some people would even take that guide and they would highlight it and come up with a plan for the week and maybe have minutes and pass them out to everybody. You know, that's the super organized person. The point is, is they would be intentional about what they were going to watch. And that's not me uh, when it comes to TV. Uh, they would intentionally decide where they're going to devote their time. They would intentionally decide no matter what goes on, what commercial comes on, I'm going to stick with this show I don't want to miss a minute. I don't want to miss a second because that might be the moment that I'm, I, I, I don't want to miss it, right? You see where I'm going with this. I can hear some of y'all are going, hmm, I see what you're doing there, Josh. What I believe is, is that sometimes, who believes that we, it's possible for humans to be conditioned? I'll just say it that way. Can we be conditioned without us knowing it? 
Yeah. And so I'm, I'm concerned. I don't want this behavior, my flipper behavior, maybe you have the same problem, to transfer over into my relationships, to transfer over into my friendships, and specifically transfer over into my church relationships, right? We're all human in here. Somebody's going to get offended by me. It's going to happen. Probably multiple somebodies with my, that, by the way, that is my spiritual gift. I'm gifted in offending people. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and you got me. I'm part, of your, I'm part of your family. You have to endure with me. And that actually is, is one of the points that uh, I want to make today is that we endure together. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself, as I always do. Let me just say, it was a wild ride. Last service, it was, it was crazy. I got like through two pages of my notes, and I was talking about, but it was really good. God was really leading us in that discussion, and, and I'm, I'm praying for that today as well, that he will lead us. So we are in John chapter 15, very well-known Bible verse, very well-known verse here, and I'm hoping to provide just a, another perspective on it, right? Another perspective on John 15. Um, but we want to be that TV guider when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our churches, because um, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get bored. Uh, we might even have to listen to somebody talk about something that we don't really, aren't really interested in so we can get to the good stuff. We can get to what's really going on and bothering them. Are you willing to sit through that and hear about, I don't know, sorry, Shirley, I don't mean to offend you wherever you're at, knitting, right? I, I'm just not a knitter, but I know there are people in our church that love to knit. I'm willing to sit and listen to somebody talk about knitting so I can hear what Jesus wants to say into their lives. I'm willing to sit through the commercials. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. When I disagree with somebody, say I disagree, it can't be Nate because he's sitting on the floor. It can't be Nate. I'm going I'm to choose Andrew. If I disagree with Andrew, or maybe it's Jordan back there because maybe we're disagreeing on whose mustache is more awesome. I don't know. His. Um, but the point is, you guys get the point. We're supposed to bear with one another, not divorce one another when a problem arises or when we get bored or when fill in the blank. All right? I want, to, I want to point that out. I want to highlight in our text today. Again, John chapter 15. And, and as we look at it, there is a... I'm trying to get in the right spot. There is a, a possible blind spot in your reading the text, okay? I want to open up the fact that we are an individualistic society meaning the West and specifically in America. I mean, that's how our nation was founded, was declaring independence. I love this nation. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other. One is individualistic and the other is communal. Communal. Uh, don't really have time to go into to all the differences of those. The point is, is that one bases their decisions on themselves and maybe what their family is. The other bases their decisions on the whole community, the group. What's good for our society? right? And the first one, the individualistic, is not the kind of society that Jesus was speaking to, okay? He was talking to a very communal society, a society that, that was concerned about the whole group. They had one vision. They had one uh, culture, really, um, kind of. <laughs> but the point is, is, is that we are different. And I just want to highlight that. That might be a blind spot we have as we approach the text. And we always want to identify those things. Again, one is not better than the other, we just want to remember, who was the original audience? As we approach the text, we always want to ask ourselves, who was the original audience? Who was the original author? And what was the original message being spoken to that audience? And as close as we can get to that, 
we get a little bit closer to the truth. And then we can pull it out and apply it to ourselves. Does that make sense? That's good biblical uh, Bible study practices, okay? So that's a little blind spot I wanted to point out. And my hope is, is that through this study, we can learn how to love each other better. Ultimately, uh, that's what it boils down to. I, I want us to learn how to live life together. I'm very encouraged to be part of what Awaken is doing right now. Not just because I love Nate or I love AJ. I love, I love, I love this church. Me and my wife, just, it, it just blesses us so to have such a family of, of such diverse people. First off, like, I love that. Old, young, different color, different. It doesn't matter. We're all a mixing pot, a melting pot of young Christian, old Christian. And I'm talking maturity here, not age, not gray hair. But um, I love that. So we love Awakened Church. And I want to point out that this, this passage today, that blind spot I was talking about, if we could remove that and as we approach it, we would see that Jesus is speaking to a group of people. See, often we take... God's word, and we, make, we take his promises, and we make it our own, right? Right? That's okay. That's okay. And I don't want to discount that alone time with God. Whatever I say today, you must, you must, you must regularly get alone with your Messiah. You must talk to him. Hear his voice. Hear his heart. Let him hear you. That's what relationship is about. If you never talk to your wife, your marriage would do pretty poorly, Right? And we are the bride of Christ. And I didn't say I am. I said we are the bride of Christ. And so we should continually be communicating with him. Okay. So the point is, is that there, there, there's a plurality of people that Jesus was speaking to in this message today, or in this, in this passage. And so there is power in plural. And that's the title of today's message. And if you, if you hear nothing else, hear this. If you're serious about Jesus, you will be serious about the people of Jesus or Jesus' people, Right? And so as we start in John chapter 15, go ahead, open up your Bibles. Uh, the, the verses will be on the screen, and of course you have your version Bible app to follow along that way. I haven't really gotten into it, but I hear good things. I hear that you even have my study notes on there. So good luck with that, because I didn't follow the notes last, last service at all. <laughs> Here's how it's going to work. I'm going I'm to read the first five verses, verses one through five. <clears throat> and then we're going to uh, talk a little bit. Then we're going to read six through 11, and, if there, and then... If enough time is, I have some things to say about that, but I really want to get to verse 15. I really want to get to verse 15 today. So I know it's 15 verses we got to read in just a few short minutes, but we're going we're gonna to get there. The Lord led us last time. He'll lead us this time. Amen? So go ahead and open up your Bibles and to John 15. I'm going to start with verse 1, read down to verse 5. And my first point I want you to grasp onto today is that we endure together. We endure together. Verse 1 says, and then again, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. All right. Let's just break this down and see what the Lord is speaking. First off, verse, verse 1. 
right there, right off the bat, we're establishing the relationship, right? The relationship of who? Of Jesus, God, God Jesus, God the Father, and then us, right? Jesus is telling us a, a, a very common theme that you find not just in the New Testament, but all the way back in the old, all the way back really to the garden. What was there in the garden that kept mankind alive? Why was it that God had to, to evacuate Adam and Eve from the garden? The tree of life. That's right. That's the representation of Jesus. There you go. There's your answer on your quiz. The next one, there, there's, there's multiple places where we could see that God is telling us, he's telegraphing that if you want to live, and I'm not just talking about breathing in and breathing out. I'm talking about you want to live the abundant life. If you want to live, you must be connected to Jesus. Or like a, a dear, dear friend of mine, and I completely forgot this quote last service, but Chase Knott once, once told me, he said, you can't have any fruit unless you're connected to the root. It's true. It's true. And really, this is an, this is an old uh, biblical truth from the beginning. It's always been there. If you've ever heard that you, you need to unhitch the Old Testament from the New, if, anybody, if you ever hear anybody say that, run. Because the two just mess so beautifully together. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Point is, is that Jesus is, is simply restating, using metaphor, an, an old biblical truth that he's always said, is that we, we need him. We need to be connected with God in the most intimate way possible in order to live. In Psalms 105.4, it says, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually continually paul says pray without ceasing i would say those are two of the same statements along with this statement here when jesus says i am the true vine now i didn't want to just jump past that part because that is the key to all this we must first be connected ourselves to king jesus but what i want to present to you today is that jesus is not talking to just one person he's talking to a group of people okay and when I say the word um, abide, what comes to mind? We have abide in verse 4, the word abide. And by the way, that Greek word, for those of you taking notes in Greek, uh, minnow, really easy one to remember, right? It's like a fish, minnow. Um, I probably pronounced it all wrong. That's okay. Again, I, I'm, gonna, I'm here to offend. That's my spiritual gift. So this word minnow, though, it means to, it means to, uh, to remain, to remain as one, to stay this word is uh, found over a hundred times in the Bible, in the New Testament. Um, but when I say the word abide, here's what I want you to think of. I want you to think of prayer, but not prayer on a Wednesday night dinner, uh, dinner prayer. You know, that, that dinner where you have all the kids seated finally, uh, you're about to do bath time, and uh, nobody's crying, and this is good, and you've got the dinner on the table, but you've got 30 minutes to get dinner down, get them in bath, give them, get a bath, and get them in bed because you've got other things to do, right? You, you slow down in that moment. You say, dear Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. And that's okay. But that wasn't very intimate, was it? No, I'm talking about prayer when you're alone, whether it be in your closet or out in nature or in your car or wherever that may be. I'm talking about that kind of prayer. That prayer where you can feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit amongst you. On you. In you. And you just feel happy and you don't really understand why, but God's speaking to you. And you can, you've had those moments, right? Well, if not, here's what, if, you, if, I'm, if I'm describing this and you've never had that experience, when we're done, I want you to be one of the ones up here to get prayer. 
because I want to pray for you tonight, today, okay? But that's what I want, I want you to think about when, when, when I say the word abide. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Again, Paul says, pray without ceasing. It's a, it's, it's a constant communication and presence with the Lord. And during my study, I actually was, it was pretty interesting, uh, this conversation my wife and I were having. She, she was in Luke, and I was in John, and they just, the two intersected. It was really cool. It was really sweet. And that's, that's really what I'm talking about here today, too. We were having community time, me and my wife together, right? Sharing the word together, and it was just really sweet. And we can have that amongst each other, amongst my brothers and sisters, too. Of course, differently, right? Uh, you're, you're not going to tell me I'm a flipper. Only she can tell me that. Um, there are certain things that only she can do. But the point is, is that we, as a family, can share in God's presence together. Amen? But she was in Luke, so if you, if you want to, keep your finger on John um, and turn over to Luke chapter 10. Because I want to read something to you. I'm going to tell you real quickly because some context here. And I'm about the same time I was last time when I was here, so I can tell you we're not going to finish my notes. It's okay. <clears throat> but in, uh, in Luke chapter 10, that's where we're at. Um, this is right before Jesus is sending out the 72 disciples to go and, and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, y'all? And, and he's giving them specific instructions. And I want to hone in on just one verse here because it, it pertains to our message today. But, you know, he's sending out these 72. How exciting must that be? You've been given a spiff. You're, that, you're one of the 72. And you get to go and tell people about Jesus. Man, that just seems exciting, isn't it? You have the same mission. So do I. Hasn't changed. So if that's exciting to you, good. Because that's what we're doing. Amen. Sorry, didn't mean to offend. <laughs> Verse 7, it says, And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. So here Jesus is giving uh, instructions to his disciples about how to proceed, how to go out, caring about this mission. And he says, remain in one house. Now this has a lot to do with the culture of the time. If you were the guy, because because of their culture, you, they, they were required, they were obligated, anybody, any sojourner that came through town, they had, every family had to offer them to stay at their house, to eat a meal. Um, it, was, it was customary. It was, you were, you, you must kind of thing. Well, somebody who accepts all those offers was actually seen as a troublemaker. Because think about it, you go from house to house to house to house. And now, not, you're not just one family is supporting, but all the families are kind of thrown out of whack and you're throwing off their schedule and people don't know where they can come find you. They want to talk to the new guy in town. They don't know what house to go to to talk to you, especially if you've got this great news about Yahweh and his plan and keep Jesus. And so Jesus tells them to remain. Well, guess what that word is? Remain. Do you remember it? Minnow. That's right. Same exact word. Same exact word. See, my point is, is that the gospel started with marinating with one another. The gospel continued, Acts 2.42, with marinating with one another. And I would propose that the gospel continues today in the same method. God's nature doesn't change. God's character doesn't change. God's method doesn't change. He wants us to have meaningful relationships with others, telling them about Jesus, of course, but stick around long enough for them to see you make a mistake and what you do with it. Stick around long enough for them to see you get offended and how you handle that. I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Remain. Remain there. Remain there. So that was really interesting to me as, as me and my wife were talking and we were discussing this. 
And we were talking about, specifically about how we deal with others and our relationships and more specifically about church and how we see this church as a family. And so for me to leave this church, here's what it's going to take. For, for somebody to, to say something very doctrinally unsound and it not get corrected, or for God, for, I to hear, for me to hear God's voice very clearly telling me it's time to move on, and that's that pruning that we talked about, right, in the, verse, in the first of John. The first uh, few verses of John talks about pruning us. And so that's painful, but that's, that's the only reason that I would leave. I'll tell you why I won't leave. I'm not going to leave if uh, Jordan offends me because he thinks his mustache is cooler. I'm not going to leave because uh, the AC is not working. In fact, I'm going to be a part of the solution for that because this is my house. This is my, this is my family home where we come and we gather and we meet the Lord together. But I'm not going to leave for those reasons. I'm not going to leave if I have a disagreement, even on a, a theological disagreement when, with the secondary issues. You're pre-trib, I'm post-trib, so what? I'm not saying that I am, I'm just saying that. Those, that's an example, right? That's the pre-trib rapture, post-trib rapture that refers to the eschaton. We're going to talk about that next, next year. Starting next year, we're going to get into Revelation. That's super exciting, very scary. But... Um, not because of the scary book, but because it's a lot. There's so much there. And I'm so thankful that we're going to tackle that together as a church, admitting we don't have it all figured out, but we're going to go through this, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us through this study. How cool is that, church? That's really cool. And so um, let's flip back over to John. We're done with Luke now, for, for now. And uh, back to John. And I want to read the rest of that passage as I'm running out of time. John chapter 15. I'm going to start in verse 6. And what I'm going to do, brothers and sisters, I'm going to read slowly so it sinks in. And I want you just to, to meditate on it as I'm, I'm saying it. But I'm, then we're going to talk about just a few things because there's something at the end that I really must get to tell you. Okay? And I don't want to uh, miss that. So starting in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, He is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You know how that's done? Because through abiding in Jesus, as we're hanging out with Jesus, as we're walking with Jesus, guess what? Our character changes to the character of Jesus. Our nature changes. One of the most annoying things I ever heard, I ever hear people say is, well, that's just my personality. You know, especially when it's something that is unbiblical. Well, that's just who I am. That's just my personality. I can't help but be rude to everybody who does this. I'm sorry, I'm not going to change. That directly goes against the Word of God. Did y'all know that? What does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? Be you not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's your personality. Are you willing to allow God to change your personality today? Are you? I am. And if I'm not, guess what? It's your job to tell me that I'm being stubborn. I hope you're around a lot because I, I'm stubborn a whole lot. Praise God. <laughs> All right. What, what verse were we at? Somebody help me out. Verse 8? Eight? 8, okay. By this my Father is glorified. There's the whole point of all this, of all that we do. Hear me, hear me loud and clear. We live to glorify God. We live not to make Josh famous, not to make, Nate, not to make even Awaken famous, to make King Jesus famous, to glorify King Jesus. That is our purpose. 
Thank you, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father. Um, sorry, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in His love. What happens if I don't obey? What happens if I don't want to obey? What do I do with that? Do I just accept it? I tell you what I do with it. I do the same thing I did with drinking and with cussing. I get on my knees and say, God, I can't do it. I've tried by myself and my own strength. Can you please take it from me? Catch me after service and I'll tell you the story of how God took away the, the four-letter words from my life. I'm not saying I never say a curse word and I'm not trying to be holy, I promise you. But it's amazing that I don't have one slip every day the, the amount of I used to curse. And it was literally overnight. And it was the moment that I, and I realized, it was the moment that I got on my knees and said, God, I can't do it. I've done the curse jar. I've, I've carried around scriptures in my Bible. I've had my wife slap me every time I say it. No, I didn't really do that. <laughs> but all, it was all in my own strength. And when I got on my knees, I said, God, take this from me. It's embarrassing. Nate's telling me to go away because I keep, yeah, no. God can do it, and only God can do it. And then it's done. It's done. It's in its, it's in its entirely done. Sorry. <laughs> Got a little tongue-tied there. All right. This is the same thing I did last, last service. I just got it carried away, and here we go. And now, I'm, Okay. <clears throat> These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And i got to stop again because that is just amazing. Think about that. That same Jesus who was perfect in every situation, he had all eyes on him at all times. All eyes. Would you agree? Like, everybody wanted to know what this Jesus guy was up to. Whether you liked him or you hated him or you loved him or you would die for him. And I'm in the latter. I'm in the latter group. All eyes were on him and not an ounce, not even a hint of arrogance, of pride, of any of that was in him. He handled every situation perfectly. And I think this is why the disciples were arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Because they thought they were the most important. Isn't that amazing? Every disciple thought he was the most important to Jesus. He has that ability to do that with each one of us, even still today. He will make you feel so important. And it's not phony, baloney, worldly stuff. It's enriching. It's joy. And that's where the joy is coming from. That's what he's talking about. My joy will be in you regardless of circumstance. Hang me on a cross. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness. Hang me on a cross. I'm doing it for you. That's what Jesus said. I'm getting ahead of myself. God, he's good, isn't he? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Do you love me enough to put up with me going through a rough season? Having a hard time with even just dealing with people? Having a hard time even putting, what if I couldn't put a sentence together, would you still love me? I believe there are lots of people here that would. And that's why I love this place. It has nothing to do with the building or the chairs or the anything other than that there's people here that 
really love Jesus, and because of that, they really love me. And that's what this church wants to be known for, is a church that loves one another. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. Yeah, praise God, that's good. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Friends, we endure together. Jesus, in this, this passage, is talking to not just one person. He's talking to a group of people that would understand these promises as their promises. We are the branches here to support one another, here to make sure we stay in the vine, hooked in. And the, the analogy only goes so, so far, right? But guess what? Our words only go so far to describe the goodness and character of God. Words only go so far. But the point is, is we're supposed to stay plugged into that vine and we're around a bunch of other branches that can see if we're getting unplugged or we're going the wrong way and they can correct us for that. Hallelujah. I jumped all over the place, so i got to catch myself up. Where am I at my notes? Okay, so Jesus, it's amazing to me that Jesus is, is talking about this sacrificial living. And of course, we know that he actually does lay his life down for us. That's how the story ends. His death, burial, and resurrection. So he's not just saying empty words. He actually puts it to the test. Now, he's called us to that same living. We should start as servants. I, I think we should start with a, with a humility approaching the throne room as servants of Christ. Whatever you wish, God. You've, you've wrecked my world and I'm so thankful for it. You've taken away this, and you've taken away that, and you continue to take away this, and, and you, you still love me through this. God, thank you. I'll be your servant. I, I, I'll hold the door in heaven for eternity just so I can be in your presence. But it gets better than that. Because, because of the cross, Jesus gets what he wants. And you know what he wants? He wants to call you and you and you and me friends. That means he's going to let us know what he's up to. But sometimes he gives you a piece. And sometimes he gives you a piece. And sometimes he gives you a piece of the puzzle. And when we come together in fellowship and we share what God's laid on our heart, we share what God is doing in our lives, things happen. We're like, oh, wow, that's what the Holy Spirit's telling me too. And that's what I'm working on. And, oh, I just got through that. Can I help you with that? Can I show you what passage really spoke to me there? Right? That's what the body of Christ does. We're here to encourage one another. God loves that. I can say it like this. I've got six, well, five children at the house. Two, two are older, so let's say just three littles. Well, there's two littles, and then there's Ella. But it's chaos sometimes. It's absolutely chaos. I mean, hairs being pulled, crayons on the walls. and It's just madness in my house sometimes. But there are times... When I'm just sitting there and God gives me these times and he makes sure I'm paying attention to, this is what I love about God. He'll slow me down in that moment and I'll see my children loving each other, playing with each other well, sharing with each other, giving up that last french fry to one another. You know, a three-year-old and a six or a five-year-old 
sharing time together and not caring about caring about the other person's feelings more than themselves, that makes me happy. Because I'm doing something right. And it's showing them to Jesus is what I'm doing. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. But think about our Heavenly Father when He looks down on us, His children, the sheep of His flock, and we do that. We work together and we share things together. Now we've got a vision together. Now we can go, man, we should do that thing and we should pray about this. And that's going on right now and here in this church. There are people that have gotten a vision to help children in our, in our community. It's taken hold of them and they're starting prayer groups. So I just want to say that. Get involved. Find out what God's people are doing. Because if you love God, if you truly love Jesus, you'll love his people and you'll want to be with them. All right. Got to get there. So there is power in plural. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Second Peter 1.4 says, We are partakers in the divine nature. And this is what I'm talking about here. Because I, I don't want to get carried away talking about doing things. It's not about doing things. It's about partaking in what God is doing in his divine nature and the fact that he uses you to build me and uses me to build you and uses you to pray for me and me to pray for you and we're supposed to do this together and I'm going to be weak and I'm going to need you and you're going to be weak and you're going to need me. But we don't have that if for some reason I I offend you and you leave and you never call me and tell me why you're leaving. Brothers and sisters, if I offend you or if somebody here offends you, we have laid out it's one of the few things that we have laid out in our Bibles. I mean, a lot, a lot, when we conduct church. A lot of it, there's a lot of grace with how to conduct church, honestly. But when it comes to you offending me and me offending you, there's a step-by-step process. But it's not, it has nothing to do with just leaving and not telling me. Because you're my family. My dad would never stop, my, my grandfather would never stop calling me out of the blue for no reason and not tell me why. And in fact, he never would because he loves me. That's what I'm talking about here. There's plow, power in plural, and we're meant to be united to the vine, the true vine, together. With that, when we are, when we see that going on, what I'm talking about is we endure together, and now we hear together. As we endure together, we hear together and hear what God is saying. Like I said, you might have a piece, and I might have a piece. We all might have a piece of it. In verse 15, he says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. That's huge. That, that blows my mind. Jesus wants to tell us what he's doing around us. He wants us to be a part of it. But we need to come together and listen for that purpose, to listen what he wants to tell us. Because this... I believe the original audience would have understood this. They would have taken this promise as this is our promise. And that's the point I'm trying to make here today is like, I think we might have a blind spot there because when you say this is my promise, what do you do? You say, it's me and Jesus. It's me and Jesus. Just me and Jesus. Goodbye. Goodbye. I don't like you. I don't like your type of Jesus. I don't like what you're doing. It's just me and Jesus. I'm the only one, right? I'm not listening to anybody. Is that the way we're supposed to do it? Absolutely not, friends. Brothers and sisters, we are given each other as a gift to enjoy his presence and to hear from him and to endure with him. So no longer does he call us servants, he calls us friends. So I propose in all this that if we could compare notes more often, if we could gather more often, be intentional, be the TV guider, 
Sit down and pray over the people you've encountered today at church. Who is God leading on your heart to pray for? Start there. Let's start small. Start small. Who is God laying on your heart? Write their names down. Pray for them. Take five, ten minutes. You don't have to spend hours in the closet. That'd be cool. Let's do that. Let's be more intentional with who we're reaching out to, who we're spending our time with, and see what God does and see if we hear from the Lord together. As we talked about in Luke, the gospel started with marinating together. In Acts 2.42, we see marinating together as well. They met daily is what it says. Today, we're supposed to marinate together. Sometimes that might be boring. Sometimes you might get offended. I might smell bad. You might think my mustache is ugly. I, I, just, we need to endure with one another so we can hear together. We endure together so we can hear together. And I'm out of time, so I have to skip again. I have to tell you this that, that God shared with me literally last night. This is one of the last, this I am the vine. I am the true vine is what Jesus says. It's one of the last seven I am statements. It's kind of a big deal. It's a, when, when Moses was, was talking to God and he said, who shall I say, who shall I say sent me? God's response was, I am who I am. Yahweh. That's where we get the name Yahweh. That's God, he is. He is the great I am. You've heard these songs. That's what we're talking about, church. He is the great I am. So this is the last of the seven that John records in his gospel. And I just want to point to the fact that it's very close. Almost in the same breath, Jesus says, I call you friends. That's huge. The God of the universe, the great I am, wants to be your friend, and he wants to let you know what's going on. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.